everyone, and welcome to this week's Stepping Stone. Basically, this is a space for us to go deeper and reflect on our conversation from earlier in the week with the founder and CEO of Girls' Night In, Alicia Ramos. We'll also be having some fun too, because you know we're going to have those ins and outs. As a little refresher on the conversation with Alicia, we talked about what it's like to take risks, be your own boss, and build a career around something you love. I'm your host, Ingrid Nilsson, and before we get into this episode, I do have some announcements to get into. So first of all, this is an interesting episode because the very last part of this episode will be something that we recorded before the lockdown, but what you're listening to right now is very much present day. So you're getting a little mix in this episode, but we do have some exciting announcements for the podcast. The first thing is I am launching a newsletter and it is called One Step Wellness. I wanted to create this because first of all, I've always wanted to have a newsletter and I've made so many excuses to myself as to why I shouldn't have one. I've told myself I'm not a writer, that it wouldn't be perfect enough, et cetera, et cetera. And I am deciding that this newsletter is real and it is launching this Friday. I want this newsletter to be kind of an extension of what this podcast is. So it's a little safe space for us to slow down, feel some feelings, have some giggles, and celebrate just making it through the week because I feel like that is just a big deal for me now more than ever. So if you decide to sign up, I will be popping into your inbox every Friday morning, and I'm going to be sharing the things that I have been doing to feel better so I can show up and do better. And so I'm going to be talking about feelings. I'm going to have some fun gifts in there. And I'm also going to be sharing things that I have been loving on the internet and also things that I haven't loved so much. So this is kind of like a look inside my little internet brain because I love the internet, but I also find it to be overwhelming sometimes. So this is my little safe space that I'm creating on the internet. So if you would like to sign up, we will have a link in our show notes, and you can also go to our Instagram at One Step Podcast, and there's a link in our bio. So you just have to click that link. It's going to open up to various places, and you just click the one that says newsletter, and then you enter your email address, and that's it. When you enter your email address, you'll get a welcome message from me, and then the very first newsletter will come out this Friday and every Friday after that. Something else that is coming up very soon is the podcast club. So we've been working on creating a virtual podcast club experience, and this is what we have come up with. So we are actually going to be having two podcast club meetings next week on Wednesday, April 15th. So these two meetings are going to be a little bit different. One is going to be a premium podcast club where you can purchase tickets and the proceeds will go to either a person or organization that is working on COVID-19 relief. We'll also be hosting another meeting that's free. So you get to decide which one you want to sign up for. Both are going to be small, intimate meetings so that everyone can participate, and we're going to have some fun activities for you, too. I'm really excited about these activities. They're going to be uplifting. They're going to be fun. They're going to help us connect with each other, and Christina and I, just planning it out, have been so excited about this. 
So if you sign up for the premium podcast club, here's what you'll get. More time, an extra activity, and special bonus content that will be sent to you after the meeting. If you're interested in attending one of these meetings, you can go to the link in our bio on Instagram to sign up. There are a limited amount of tickets, so I would recommend signing up sooner rather than later. And make sure you're following us on Instagram too, because we will keep you up to date there as well. If you're interested in signing up for one of these podcast club meetings, you can go to the link in our bio on our Instagram account, One Step Podcast, and sign up there. When it comes to who we will be donating to, this is where we want everyone to participate. We would love your suggestions for where we should be donating the funds to. So we have a form linked in our bio on Instagram. We're keeping it simple. You just have to go to our bio on Instagram for everything where you can nominate a person or organization. And I'd really love to keep this focused on something that is small and personal to you. So something that you feel personally connected to. I really want this to be something that is coming from our community and is something that we feel connected to. Okay, we made it through the announcements and now we can get into some ins and outs. And I am here with our producer, Christina Cleveland, to dive in. Hi, Christina. Hi, everyone. Okay, Christina, what has been in for you this week? Something that's in for me this week is sticker tiles. I've actually been into sticker tiles for a while. I used them in my last three apartments. The first time I used them, it was subway tiles, white subway tiles, and I used them in my kitchen. And then in my last apartment, I got these little hexagon tiles that looked kind of vintage. And then I actually reused them. I took them down from that kitchen and then restuck them in my current kitchen. So I love sticker tiles. And this week, I discovered floor tiles. So now I'm thinking about putting peel and stick floor tiles in my bathroom. I just thought it would be something that looks cute and totally changes it because it's a really small space. So I was kind of in a fog for the last three weeks and only now am I starting to feel like, oh, this is a project that I might be interested in. And I'm not putting pressure on myself. I'm just starting to like look around and see what might be fun to do while I'm here. Oh my gosh. I remember seeing on your Instagram stories, the sticker tiles, and it was so satisfying to see the before and the after. And also just what a transformation happened. I didn't even know that sticker tiles existed, but it was like wallpaper, but tile which was so cool. They're very convincing. I've never had anyone notice that they were stickers before unless I told them. And because the ones that I've been using are white, they're kind of shiny and reflective and they really brighten up the space. So I'm just starting to get excited now about the idea of doing some things around my apartment, even if it's putting stickers on my bathroom floor. I feel like this is something Erica would be really into. I sent Christina a video yesterday because we had been on a FaceTime call working and I walked out of my office and my furniture was rearranged when I walked out and I went back, grabbed my phone and recorded it for Christina. Erica has just been like, doing little tweaks and cleaning around my place. So I feel like whenever I turn a corner, I never know 
what is going to be there or what's going to be different, but I actually really love it because it's an expression of her creativity. And I love seeing how she envisions things. I feel like I'm getting a little insight into her imagination, which is really cool. I also just don't know how she's doing it. Like the stuff she's moving around is quite heavy. <laughs> I know. One of the pieces, what well, actually two pieces got moved yesterday, a huge floor mirror and then this dresser, which isn't that big, but it is so incredibly heavy. And she just moved it and it just seems so effortless when I walked out and I was like, oh my gosh, it looks like it's always been this way. And I also didn't hear any of it happening. So I don't know what her strategy is, but. Well, I wish that my upstairs neighbors would input her strategy of silently moving furniture. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, those upstairs neighbors. I guess they're still an out for you. Okay, so an in that I have this week is the Jo Malone London Poppy and Barley perfume. I love this. I got this, I think, about a year ago at a Jo Malone event when they were launching this fragrance, and I have loved it this entire time, but I've really been loving it right now because it's the beginning of spring, but we can't really go outside, and so wearing this perfume makes me feel like I'm putting spring onto myself. And the scent is just so light and happy. And it has really just been such a mood booster for me because I am so responsive to scent. And I love Peony and Blush Suede, but that was something that, you know, I've been wearing for years. It's something I'm really familiar with. So introducing something slightly different has just felt really delightful and cheerful. And I've been wearing it actually at night and during the day too. My next one is this hashtag stay home still life. And it was started by an interior stylist and designer named Colin King. And he's been taking photos around his home, which is of course beautiful, but I'm just really enjoying seeing his creativity. He's playing with light and objects that he has. And there's also a photographer named Jamie Beck on Instagram, she's Ann Street Studio, and she's been taking gorgeous still life photos with the hashtag isolation creation. So I'm not trying to add pressure on myself to be creating masterpieces at home right now, but I do really enjoy what these people are doing because they are using things that they already have. So something that I'm trying to practice is slowing down to notice the small details around my home. So like last night, I just sketched the things that I had on my dining table. I haven't ever taken drawing classes. I'm not like technically skilled, but just the act of noticing like the shape of my salt and pepper shakers, which I use every day, is a helpful way for me to stop thinking and worrying just for a little bit. I have actually been wanting to draw more recently, and I think it's because of my next in, which is writing and sharing it. So that is one of the reasons why I'm launching this newsletter is because it is a personal just victory for me to be writing and putting it out into the world because I write so much privately, but I don't put it out 
Um, and so it feels really special to have a space to be able to put it out into the world. And that has led me to this curiosity around, oh, I love drawing. Why don't I draw? It's interesting how like when you take little steps like that, it can lead to something else. That in was very short. So I'll go to another in. I'll actually combine two because both of these are um, pretty short, but grilled cheese, love grilled cheese, been eating a lot of those, really into it. And also the 7 p.m. cheer that's been happening every day. I have integrated a pot and a spoon in this. And because I started off clapping and cheering, and now I am like sticking my head out of my window with Erica and I have a giant pot and we both just bang on this pot to like make noise. And it's been so cool because the entire neighborhood, like you can hear people everywhere around the neighborhood participating in this. People who are on the street are like walking by and clapping and cheering. And there was one moment where a woman looked at me and smiled while I was clapping. I'm noticing the same neighbors popping their heads out of their windows and clapping and cheering every night. And it just feels like this incredible moment of optimism. And I feel like it's the one moment of the day where I look outside and I see people just kind of emerging from their homes, from their windows, and they have a smile on their face. And it just feels like hope. I think I'm going to go put a pot and a wooden spoon next to my window. Oh, yeah. It's also really satisfying for just kind of getting emotions out too. And so it feels like this huge celebration of you know, our medical care workers, the essential workers who are showing up every single day and this expression of emotion from the community where, you know, for most of the day, we are all inside. Well, one of my ins, and it's kind of connected to a couple of my outs, but one of my ins is taking walks at night because I have been just feeling negative feelings when I'm walking during the day and there are a lot of people out. So I find that when I go out for a walk at night, it doesn't even have to be very late, 8.30 or 9 p.m., the streets are empty. And I feel like I can just breathe more freely. I'm not scared of every corner. So taking evening walks has been a real release for me lately. I have a few more ins that I'll go over really quickly. The first one is High Fidelity. Oh my gosh, if you have not seen this TV show on Hulu, you need to watch it. Zoe Kravitz is the main character. It's a remake of the movie High Fidelity, which I have never seen. It is about Zoe Kravitz's character, Rob, and she's investigating her romantic relationships through the lens of music. It's incredible. Love the style in that show. And it's also a love letter to New York City, which just feels extra special right now. Crying is also an in for me. I have cried a lot, including, again, in the closet that I am currently in. So we're just going to leave that there. And also something that I never thought would be on my in list, church. So I went to a church live stream 
this last Sunday because a friend texted me a link to their church's live stream and was like, no pressure, but if you want to come, like you're welcome to. And I just went because I felt like I had been wanting just some comfort and After writing that in my journal, I literally got this text message from my friend maybe 10 minutes later. And so I showed up for the live stream and I am not someone who is part of an organized religion. I definitely have hesitation around church um, based off of my upbringing. I grew up in a Buddhist and Christian household. There is a part of me that can feel uncomfortable in churches, but I showed up to this and what I realized is that there were so many things that resonated with me and what the pastor was sharing. You know, I'm not really familiar with the Bible stories, so a lot of that went over my head, but he tied it in so much to what's happening now. The whole lesson was around fear and uncertainty and how to deal with these feelings and how to move through them and how to be of service to other people. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this was the comfort that I needed today. It just felt so comforting to hear someone talk about this experience and also just have really incredible things to say. And one thing that really resonated with me was when he said, When uncertainty arrives, we can pivot the plan and adapt and still preserve our purpose. So we change the plan in order to preserve the purpose. And this can apply to so many different things. And I just found this so incredibly comforting to know that, yes, things are changing. There are changes that I've had to make. There are changes that so many other people have had to make really, really hard changes and hard decisions for so many people. And that we can still preserve a deeper purpose inside of us. Well, my mom has been texting me almost every day to go to church virtually as well. And I have been resisting it, but this makes me think that maybe I should be a little bit more open to it. Yeah, I think, you know, it was just time for me. Like, I've been so resistant to organized religion for a very long time, and this was the step that I felt like I was ready to take, and it was a live stream. I didn't have to go anywhere, and I was very pleasantly surprised. Let's move into outs. My first one is trying to go to bed early. I am naturally a night owl. I always have been as long as I can remember. I remember being a small kid, probably six, and just lying wide awake in the middle of the night in my bed and then getting up, going into my parents' room, waking them up and saying, I can't sleep. I'm still awake. And I did this all of the time. And looking back, like, what an annoying kid. (laughs) But I've just grown up thinking that staying up late, not waking up early is lazy. And really, our society is set up to be up early. Like my high school started at 7.20 a.m. So I feel like things have really been working against me. But recently, I've noticed that I feel most anxious and stressed in the morning. And I feel happiest and I feel my best and most creative at night. So I'm looking at 
this period as a really unique situation where I don't have to force myself to go to bed early and wake up early like I usually do. It's kind of a really rare time where I can actually lean into my night owl tendency. But I'm also trying to be aware of what things feel good for me to be doing at night. So I'm not going to allow myself to like lean into my night owl tendency and scroll on Instagram for hours, but there are other things that do feel good. And I'm trying to experiment with not forcing myself anymore and embracing the things that make me feel good and happy when they make me feel happy. Yeah. I think night owls are so creative and they often just get this really bad rap, like you said, for like being lazy. So I love that you're sharing that you're a night owl because I feel like there are many night owls out there and you should be proud to be night owls. We need night owls in this world. But don't go on night walks because I want to be alone out there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So one of my outs is Apple Jacks. So I've been trying a new weekly cereal. This week, the cereal did not land on my ins list. It is on my out list. I remember liking Apple Jacks more when I was younger, but now I'm just not really into them so much, especially coming off Cap'n Crunch and Frosted Flakes. Like those are just real good. So Apple Jacks, not so much. And then Another out for me is cruel inner dialogue because I feel like I've just been pretty mean to myself in moments this week. And someone actually told me, you need to be more gentle with yourself. And I think even though I've made progress, there have still been moments where I've just been so incredibly cruel and mean to myself over anything and everything. Comparing myself to other people, being mean about the things that I'm making, literally everything. Yeah, that has been something that I'm intentionally choosing to loosen my grip around a little bit more this week instead of like holding on to it and staying in that space. But I am glad that I've been aware of it. So That's allowing me to like loosen the grip and I think look for the evidence in my life that takes me out of that cruel inner dialogue. You know, part of these ins and outs is like we're working on it. Maybe that's what this section should be called. Ins and outs and also we're working on it. We're trying to figure it out. That would be a very long list for me. I know. It's like, well, everything. Okay, so now we are going to move into a pre-recorded section reflecting on my conversation with Alicia Ramos. So what came up for you? I feel like there's so much buzzing in my head. I think one thing that stood out to me pretty early on was when she talked about being risk averse but then also someone who took a giant risk. So I loved that kind of contradiction because I feel like we all have that within us. Like 
I also consider myself a risk averse person, but I can look back on my life and think, why did I do that? That was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I almost wonder if those are the moments where our true nature really just takes hold of us and is like, you need to do this. You can't ignore this anymore. Yeah, and it can be things that don't make a lot of sense and probably also that other people discourage you from. I've definitely had moments like that. What have been some risks that you've taken that looking back you're like, oh my God. Well, when I graduated from college, I (laughs) made the decision to move to Australia. (laughs) That's a huge one. (laughs) Having never been there before. And my current self is like, what were you thinking? (laughs) And of course, my parents were also saying the same thing. But I did it anyway. And now, being in my 30s, I don't think that I would do it. But I'm so glad that me in my 20s did. Yeah, but you still moved to New York, which is still a significant distance away. Do you feel like that move to Australia eventually informed your move to New York? It did. In the process of moving to New York, I did a lot of reflecting on that move to Australia because there was so much that I was thinking through with this most recent move. I was thinking about how am I going to meet people? I don't want to move and not have a stable income Where am I going to live? All the things that I didn't really think through when I moved to Australia. But I've just realized that now I am more risk averse than I was when I was younger. I also have the experience of being in Sydney and not knowing anyone and not having a job, which really informed how I wanted to navigate this move. So it did really inform the way I moved into this. Yeah, Yeah, that totally makes sense. Like you did kind of have a template for a giant move and you were able to like see, well, this didn't work out so well. So maybe I should try this instead. I feel like I moved and I was like, (laughs) what do I do? Because I've basically lived in the same place my entire life. But that's like a risk within itself too. So it's like there's so many different kinds of risks that you can take. And I agree. I really loved when Alicia was really painting us this picture of how risk adverse she was and how, you know, she had really been working for that financial stability. And then she was making a six figure salary. And then she gave that up to start her own business. And I really relate to that because growing up, I always felt like I needed to have financial security, but I didn't know exactly how it would come. And so it was something that I thought about, but then at the same time, I wasn't as responsible as Alicia. Like I didn't even really put myself on that path. I think I tried to like step on a traditional path, but it just really wasn't working for me. And so then stepping into what is now my career at the time, it just felt like the next thing that I needed to do. But I know that people around me, aka my mom, were definitely freaking out about what I was choosing to do, especially when I became very serious about it. And I think that I got more nervous about it once I started making a more significant amount of money. So I would say when I started making like around $5,000 a month from making YouTube videos, that's probably the point where I started getting nervous. Like, oh, 
uh, how am I going to like keep this going? It felt like a lot of pressure. And I think that is the point where I really started to feel that risk because before that I wasn't trying to make it into my job. And so it just felt like, oh, this is the next right thing for me to do. This just seems like the next right step. This makes sense to me. But then it was the money and making about $5,000 a month where I was like, oh, I'm like making more money than my mom is, you know? And so it started to put me in that position of, uh oh, <laughs> what do I do now? This isn't me just sitting in my bedroom anymore. Like there's actual revenue coming from this. What do I do? What do I do so I don't mess it up? And what did you do at that point? Point when you started to then feel the fear? I would say it was a very progressive descent into letting go of all forms of self-care because I became really obsessed with that financial stability because it was also something that I hadn't really had in my life. And then I was like, I'm starting to have it. I can't lose it. And so I started letting go of basic human needs. Like I wasn't taking care of myself physically. Like I definitely wasn't getting as much sleep as I should have. I was up at like odd hours and I didn't want to be up at like three or four o'clock in the morning, but I'd be on my laptop. I would like skip meals. I definitely wasn't moving my body. I was not tapped into what was happening inside of me on a deeper level. So I really just wasn't taking care of most things. I think the one thing that I was taking care of was my creativity, which definitely fueled a lot, but I also needed to eat and sleep and like take care of that and my mental health too, which I wasn't doing. So that was pretty intense. Hearing you talk about that reminds me of what Alicia was saying about the period where she was starting Girls Night In. She was working alone. She was working from home. She was going through a lot of rejection. She had taken the risk of quitting her job. And I think that because we've been talking more and more about how do you start a creative career? How do you tackle your fears around money? One of the things that people keep saying to us over and over again is that they don't know how to make the jump from I have this idea to then pursuing it. And I think a big barrier there is this stage that you're talking about, this really difficult, dark stage that we're not immune to. Like, it's very possible that we might end up there, but it's inspiring to see that both of you were there and you both got out. Yeah, it's like the dark ages. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think most people that I know who are their own boss or entrepreneurs have started a business, they all can point back to at least like a six month to year period that was like their dark age. Mine was definitely like a series of years. I feel like especially going through it at a younger age when you just don't have the same self-awareness that you develop as you get older. Like now, if I were to go into starting a completely new business, I would have so much more context around it. Like I would be more committed to taking care of just like my basic human needs like that would be more of a priority whereas like when I was younger I was just like I need to have this financial stability that's the most important thing I need to like push this creative vision like even 
further. And I don't want to go back and like criticize myself too much for like the decisions that I made that were the best decisions for me at that time but it's not what I would do now but it was interesting to hear like what Alicia's own dark period was and I also really loved how she was so open about being a leader who's different and really being open about how she is an introvert and it's hard for her to leave her own space and be around other people and she's in this position now where she's managing a team and she's obviously succeeding at it but she's also really open about how that is difficult for her and I think that that is so valuable because often we see models of entrepreneurs and business people who just seem like they have it all together and they're talking about so much of like their successes but she was acknowledging her successes and also acknowledging how it's challenging for her at the same time which I loved and found to be so refreshing and that for me personally was really surprising to hear because Alicia approached us about being on the podcast when she pitched herself, it was very convincing. And I never would have guessed that on the other side of that was someone who was worried about making the trip to New York. That was such an illuminating part of the interview for me. Yeah, I know. It. I think it helps you to really see the people who are behind these incredible and creative businesses and to also recognize that people have different styles too and I think that's what's really cool about what's happening right now is that these different kinds of leaders are slowly starting to emerge and it's not that white masculine aggressive leadership style that we have all come to be familiar with but there are people like Alicia and like myself I feel like I can definitely have conversations with people but I am very quiet in a group setting and that's just who I've always been and I think it's surprising for people when they meet me how much I'm listening as opposed to talking especially right off the bat and that is something that I've had to navigate because it's like do I give into this pressure and like talk more or do I just like keep doing what I'm comfortable with and I think it's somewhere in the middle I can extend myself more so I really love listening but I could take that to the next step and like get out of my habit and move into asking questions like good questions that are based off of good listening but I don't have to force myself into a a space that doesn't feel authentic either. So I think that's like the middle ground that I'm learning to navigate. I definitely relate to that especially in school. I have always been an introvert, but I noticed that the louder students, even if they were misbehaving, even if they weren't getting good grades, they just got more attention and they were more popular. And so through that school experience, I learned that if I want to achieve a certain level of success, I need to be extroverted. And so I kind of taught myself to fake it. And 
now I'm in more of a process of unlearning the moments where I can sense myself faking it because you don't really build authentic relationships that way. Yeah. I think the older that I get, the less I want to fake who I am. Mm -hmm. And I just, I'm interested in learning how to grow, but I am tired of pretending to be someone I'm not. Yeah. I think back to when I got my first job and I thought that I needed to look a certain way. So I went out and bought a bunch of Banana Republic button-down shirts and I had a trench coat from Zara, which I wore every single day and some pumps that a mom would wear. It was just (laughs) not me at all, but I was faking the person that I thought would look good in that role. And turns out, looking back on it, it wasn't a good fit for me anyway, but that was such a struggle. And when Alicia said that she struggles being someone who looks young, who has a round face and is short, it's funny. There were five women in the room, and we all nodded our heads (laughs) emphatically when she said that. We did. We were all just like, "Mm mm-hmm, yes. And I feel like all of that kind of, like, plays into each other, too. It's like being smaller just physically. People automatically have assumptions about that. And it goes back to, well, what is that very narrow slot that we're supposed to fit into? Because when you're older, then people treat you a different way and they can discriminate against you um, for being older and have judgments around that. But then when you're young, it's like, You're not experienced enough, but then when you're older, people are like, the youth have all the answers. So it's like, okay, well then what's the really narrow like slot that we're supposed to fit into? Because it seems like no matter where you are on the spectrum, there's always going to be something that is wrong with you, we're being told. Yeah, and even when you get there, you feel imposter syndrome about getting it. I know, I know. I feel like... I'm really exploring my personal presentation in different ways now because I've definitely felt the pressure to look a certain way, you know, with my career, much of it being on camera and going to events, really getting clear with myself on like how I want to present myself that day. And so I'm really just trying to honor like where I am every day And I think for the most part, I've been able to really give myself what I want on those days. And it's felt really good. And it's felt like such a relief to just sink into that, to wear makeup on the days when like no one is seeing me and then to not wear makeup or very little makeup on the days when everyone's seeing me. Yeah, I've definitely experienced that sense of rebellion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like this flip flop that's happened, but it feels very liberating and also creative too to like explore presentation in that way. And it's so personal too. I think that's one great thing about aging is you just, you know how you're going to feel and you can choose. Yeah. And I also feel like the older that I get and I make decisions in that way, even if I look back on photos and I'm like, well, I wouldn't dress like that now. I don't 
regret choosing it in that moment. Whereas there are some pictures, actually many pictures of looking back on my younger self where I vividly remember what it was like to wear that outfit. And I just remember like often being really uncomfortable and it's like, oh yeah, I regret that. I look great and amazing to like the outside world, but that's what I was like playing to. I wasn't playing to what I wanted to present authentically. And so my memories around those outfits are often like, oh my God, I remember how uncomfortable that was. I remember how I like couldn't breathe or it was really tight, like in this area or this was like had to be taped up, just things like that. Yeah. For me, it's remembering the hours that I spent sitting on top of my bathroom counter, straightening my hair. Oh (laughs) man. And it was just so hot because, you know, straighteners didn't work very well back then. So it was like a two-step process of blow drying and using a curling wand even. Yeah. (laughs) Because I think that was before straighteners. Yeah. And I feel like in those days too, we were talking about this, like it was so long ago, but I mean, (laughs) Heat styling tools have come a long way, and I feel like when we were in high school, a straightener was basically the equivalent of, like, two frying pans that had been put (laughs) together and got hot, but you couldn't really, like, control it, and the heat wasn't even, and it was literally just burning your hair. Or, like, taking an iron, just having two irons and just pressing your hair which I did seriously consider (laughs) yeah I even thought about it too because I was like I don't have access to a straightener and it was when straight hair was just so in like that stick straight Avril Lavigne yep look oh my gosh I can smell it just thinking about it I can smell the burning hair (laughs) how many hours would you spend oh definitely at least two probably more and Yeah, I I used to sit on top of my bathroom counter and I had like magazine cutouts on my wall. I know that you have a really like forgiving and playful relationship with your teen self, but I still feel (laughs) ashamed of my teen self. I wish that I I need to work on that relationship with her. I mean, I feel like that is totally okay. And I feel like I am there with my teen self so often too. And it's crazy how like that teen inside of us is still very much alive and we can immediately go back to those feelings. Yeah, which does get me excited about some future episodes that we have coming up. Thinking of the exact (laughs) same thing right now and we can't talk about this because we don't want to spoil it, but it is really exciting. When we got the yes for this, I was like screaming it was just so exciting this is like a dream for both Christina and I and I think it's gonna be really exciting for a lot of you too and a dream for all of our teen selves yeah that's the hint that we'll give it is for all the teens inside of us we'll just leave it there All right, everyone, that is going to be it for our stepping stone today. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us at onesteppodcast at gmail.com. And if people want to send in like voice notes, how can they do that, Christina? You can record them on your phone. If you have an iPhone, it already has the voice memos app, or you can use the voice record app and attach that to the email. 
And we love hearing your voices. So the more we get, the better. We're always really excited to get voice messages. But if you want to write us an old-fashioned email, that's also cool with us too. Make sure you also follow us on Instagram at One Step Podcast. We post on Instagram. You can also message us on Instagram. We often post like updates and things that are happening. We're also going to be bringing back the podcast club. So if you want to stay up to date with that, definitely follow us on Instagram if you want to make one of those upcoming meetings. Yeah, the best way is to set notifications so that you know when we post so that you can get a ticket to the podcast club. Yeah, that has been the main pro tip from people who have gone to the podcast clubs and who have been like repeat guests. So it's really cool. I love seeing repeat people because it's really starting to feel like a little community now, which I love. So I'm excited to continue the podcast club. And of course, thank you so much to all of you out there who are listening. Thank you to Christina, our producer, for being here on this episode and for making all of this come together. And of course, Tung, our engineer and editor. And last but not least, the glorious YouTube space in New York City, where we always record. So (laughs) that's all for today, folks. Take care and we'll talk soon. Bye.